Hello everybody. My name is Lavanya and welcome back to the Full Time Show. We're not going to be discussing a specific game because it's time for the Fortnite review. It's going to be our second Fortnite review of the season, isn't it now? We've yeah, done with 30 matches. I know 30 matches. It feels like a lot many more games have gone by. Is it because of the breaks and the drama? Yeah. Not not uh, not just the football side of things. I think there are things happening on the uh in the boardroom so to speak also like has dominated news so that has also taken it off on yes that's true so basically we are here to sort of review what's been going on in the ISL over the last say 15 days 15 games at least and uh, we've had a lot to talk about primarily because these 15 games have not exactly been spread over the last 15 days we've had a week long international break 10 day long international break yeah. come in in the middle we've had some international action as well which we have discussed we're not going to go into that part but um, off the field there's been quite a lot to discuss and i'm joined by my colleagues ashin and suhit ashin so thank you so much for joining me on this podcast thank you for having us lavanya and hello everyone hi okay so it is the ever so soft spoken guest on the show isn't it but yes when we start discussing certain of the things that we have in store today he's not going to be as yeah. quiet especially considering the players that we have involved but um, yeah we've got quite a few things to start off with in this fortnightly review so i'm just going to give you a brief sort of uh, summary of the things we're going to discuss today number 1 finally i mean we all saw this coming but it's finally happened john gregory has left chennai nfc formally and uh, i mean we were waiting for a new coach and we have that as well right on time for this podcast isn't it owen coyle has yeah. taken over as the uh, coach of chennai nfc and he's got a new assistant he's got some new plans he's got he's very optimistic about what his um, stint with the team is going to be like so we're going to discuss that in detail in this podcast besides that and this is something that suhit is going to be very excited talking about he's got a dry smile on his face uh city football group has acquired 65% stake in mumbai city fc so that bodes well for indian football it was a big announcement everybody made a big deal out of it and i obviously 65% demands a discussion more than a club it was indian super league i know i know that we will also touch upon that the third thing that we're going to be discussing is obviously the league itself i mean the last 15 games have sort of seen the league sort of mix itself up in terms of results in terms of how teams stand and uh, what the tournament itself looks like going into the sort of the midway stage so to speak so that's another thing we're going to be talking about and of course like last time we're also going to be talking about um, some of our favorite performances uh players who stood out and if our title contenders list has changed from last time now last time we had mansi doing this podcast with us so we miss her so mansi if you're listening we wish you were here she's not dead but that's who but uh, <laughs> we we hope you're listening to this and hope you know we miss you but we've got suhit and suhit is as we can see is itching to give us his opinion about who his title contenders and favorite performances are going to be so before we get there Let's begin with our first agenda for the day. John Gregory, Ashin, are you a little sad because yeah. you were rooting for this man all through, weren't you? <laughs> In a sense, because the number of times, like you know, I've seen him you know, come out with a defeated face in press conferences, it's been uh, going on since last season after the high of the title, uh, finishing with the lowest points tally ever in a single ISL season last season, and this year he hadn't managed a been until the international break and this is a guy who didn't want to uh stay here uh when uh, 2018 19 campaign ended 
he was asking to be let go given he i think he said in one of the press conferences that uh, i think that i should have probably left after the uh, title winning season go on a high yeah and uh, to his credit like he did try he did put everything into the club from what i could, at least i could see from the outside we don't know what uh, was going on inside the club and it didn't seem like he had lost the dressing room or anything like he has uh, all the players have all, all the nicest things to say about him there is nothing he just stopped working isn't it yeah the thing is like in in, in football there is nothing uh, in terms of negative stories about the uh, dressing room secrets or anything even for a team which when a team usually doesn't do well that's when we have uh, come to see these stories in european football where they're not happy they're not happy with the coach like someone is uh, happy with the other team like sari and ronaldo yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the case here it's just that like you know it was a case of bad luck where things didn't go their way but his style of football was also becoming very predictable so he felt like you know he was not the person to get them to the next level from what they had uh, done two seasons back so the timing of it was baffling if it was during the international break it would have given the new manager time to get uh, get used to the players and he would have had two weeks to mm. you know blend himself into the club but because last even last season if you saw after a point uh, you knew that they weren't going to get into the playoffs yeah so why did it change so it was it was feared that he might be shown the door but that didn't happen and uh, again but he, to, he took charge of the pre-season and then uh, six games into the season he's gone so the timing of it baffles me i, I don't know if there is any mismanagement involved wherein mm-hmm. the club uh, probably got the timing of it see the thing wrong. is uh, if you read the reports the isl clubs aren't um, doing profitably that well so to say if you are like cutthroat sacking someone it, it it would just like hit them right in the wallet right you need to reach a mutual agreement where the severance doesn't like go against the club's finances so chenin i think they were probably reluctant in um, getting to that situation and john also even though he wanted to be let go uh, it probably wasn't the right time for the club to do that and it's not easy to like get a see a, a good coach to come in and take the club out of uh, a hole in the middle of the season it's probably uh, before the international break when he had said that he wanted to let go the club had probably started the process of talking to someone so I but was owen called the guy you expected no that was a left field choice right because i don't we didn't see this name float around anywhere to be fair there were a lot of i mean the usual people that were yeah. coming up every time there's somebody there's like a coach vacancy but was there this was the constantine who was uh, <laughs> would you have liked constantine coming into chennai fc you know on the basis of how india played i don't think the style in particular yeah. suited uh, chennai but it, in terms of uh, gregory going out it's the journalists who are most sad <laughs> because of the relationship he shared yeah. with them i think it's the journalists who are sort of uh, you know most sad for the person then probably even the players no I, I, that's true in, uh, in a way uh, he was a very warm person to talk to like like he's always asking you how you were like how, how are you doing and courteous, uh, courteous. courteous yeah 
and even with the fans uh, i think i uh, there was a tweet tweet by a chennai fc fan uh, where john before he had left he had left a uh, kick back so that is a nice touch if he had actually done that and uh, he this is he's someone who had like wore his uh, heart on his sleeve like he cared about the club he was very candid about the things even when it was disappointment like, even before he left exactly <laughs> that that press conference that was i mean to come out and say i think it's time for the team to move on and find somebody else maybe i'm not the right fit it takes courage to say that yeah. to be and fair true and even before he had uh, gone the last press conference he had done he had he was very unhappy with the scheduling of the isl fixtures where like he feels that like you know his team is hard done by in terms of the number of back to back fixtures they have to play within a short space of time right but considering that large gap that they've got remember we were talking about the fact that they had like 9 days in between maybe blessing in disguise because at least it yeah. gives this man 4 5 days to just sit down see what he has to work with and then go ahead accordingly but he has still been given a contract only until the end of the season, season. so we don't know how much of uh, influence he can have on the team because it's a very short term thing and uh, he's probably got to eat the yeah. ground running to sort of propel chennai up the table and chennai if they are to be taking themselves seriously as a, a football club they need to seriously have a look into what the what kind of football they want to play mm-hmm. and go go Again, forward it's a, it's a very short period he's got about 4 months to no no, no in the off season they need to Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean again, we don't know the future. Uh, what the future holds yeah. for the club because he's been given a contract only until the end of the season. So it's about results yeah. in the immediate future. And luckily for them, there is no relegation yeah. <laughs> to be worried about, so they can still try out and. But but things. but being a former champion, I mean, going another season, mm. uh, finishing in the foot of the table won't be good either. Yeah. Fair enough. But like like Sunil was saying, the timing of the announcements was something which like took everyone by surprise. Making up to the news in the morning, five o'clock, where John Gregory was, uh, departure was announced. Clearly, a better way of doing it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they would. They didn't like uh, tell him at five in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like fans were like, you know, waking up to uh, such news in the morning that seems pretty odd. But that's what happened with. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino and uh, Jose Mourinho's announcement, right? With Tottenham Hotspur. I think local time it was late evening. Yeah, yeah. I think for us it was for 1 a.m. But was, for them it's uh, 5 in the evening. So I think bottom line, among other things, is that Ashin finds himself constantly in need of support groups. First for <laughs> Delhi Dynamo's Odisha FC, now for John, John Gregory. <laughs> it's a sad time <laughs> yeah. to be you, isn't it? Okay. So anyway, talking about philosophies and talking about what. a team coming in or a person coming in may do to the style of football we've got a very interesting acquisition to discuss here don't we city football group has acquired 65% stake in mumbai city fc and that's a huge announcement coming in for indian football that like you said the isl seem to be very excited about yeah. your thoughts about that i'm going to start with suhit because i mean when the whole city thing came suhit had this like a little spark you on his face yeah citizen in the house yes <laughs> so we what interests me is the kind of impact city football group can have on mumbai city of course they are majority stakeholders but uh, we don't quite know the impact they could have probably in terms of player exchange players going on loan or uh, city probably the city football group sending one of the bigger teams for pre season games you don't know kind of impact they can have but uh, it's certainly a uh, uh, i mean uh, 
an attractive thing for indian football so when it started off i think one of the major things that they were talking about in terms of the acquisition was of course infrastructure the idea of exchanges that will got that are going to have that are going to happen between these two teams and the fact that there will be like a common coaching network which is apparently what's available to the other teams across the world eight teams if i'm not wrong how many no city the city football with mumbai with mumbai it's eight teams so what's available to this pool is apparently like a common network of ideas being exchanged number one plus like he said maybe a preseason opportunity or you know those loan exchanges yeah. and atletico madrid had a partnership with atk and that was the time where they did well and that was uh, before the name change yeah. yeah when they were atletico di kolkata yeah but, but jamshedpur is another team which uh has is benefiting with the madrid with the madrid yeah. atletico madrid uh, partnership um, they have consistently done well and uh, also they have got sergio castel from atletico madrid b they're riding on him yeah, yeah quite he's been superb like getting a young forward uh, at 24 uh and this guy recently he said in an interview where he still harbors like he's harboring hopes of playing in the la liga for atletico i guess so getting a player of that quality is a big boost for any team but yeah like you were saying i'm not sure as to uh they played them in the preseason but i'm guessing like they would have uh gone See, and that is one possibility yeah like they they, they would have, have melbourne exposure. city coming near or maybe mumbai city traveling to australia or manchester and mm. playing a game against the academy side or someone mm. i mean that, that is the possibility because yeah. uh, i mean they could play go to china as well where they won i think uh, japan Right? Japan, Japan and they are, they own a side in China as yeah. well the okay. football group okay so those are the options that they have if they want to play pre-season games mm-hmm. and i don't know about the loan thing whether they'll loan players to mumbai no but uh, so during the even during the off seasons that india which tends to have a longer period it gives uh, opportunities for the the first team players to or even the academy players to go and visit uh, say manchester city yeah. or melbourne or uh, train at, train at the city football academy for yeah. instance true and uh, if you look at how uh, the city football group has done so far in the time they have expanded their horizon in football across the world uh, new york city and melbourne are the teams who where, where they have complete control over even manchester city won premier league champions new york city has consistently done well melbourne city have done well Melbourne City's uh, women's team has also done well with apparently uh, record-breaking uh, performances. And uh, there was one interesting story which I came across was uh, they own forty percent stake at Girona. So the other uh, uh, half, the other sixty percent is owned by Pep Guardiola's brother, uh, Pierre. Oh my! Yeah, just before City had acquired the stakes in Girona, they were loaning out Manchester City. players to uh jinona has to uh court pep godella saying like you know that we are helping you your brother uh, because jinona were a second division club uh, predominantly so this is a story which this i read before he joined this was before he joined man city, city in yes. 2016 right so he was supposed to become a free agent uh in summer of the 2016 so even before that they had started loaning out uh players to jinona to help them even after he took over uh, there was uh, patrick roberts who went there from mm. city yeah 
మెల్బోర్న్ Yeah. being the majority stakeholder i'm interested in knowing like you know what kind of influence they'll have on the management structure the football decisions in the club after the takeover they have uh, drafted in damian willoughby the senior vice president of partnerships uh, move relocate from singapore and set up office in mumbai let's see how the relationship between the how the new partnership Sort of how like the sudden you know, interest i just want to know where that's going to go and it, these, these things take a long time in terms of like you know uh, going out is yeah. fair enough all right so from having our heads in the clouds with all of these big big plans of going to manchester and going to melbourne and all that to actual ground reality which is what's happening in the league right now very different isn't it from where we sort of sat and analyzed last time around where we were looking at these outright tabletop leaders who were leading with say a 3 and 4 point deficit to now all 111 point difference yeah. between the top four we've got so the leader on uh, the top of the table we have bengaluru fc on top with 13 points atk jamshedpur with 11 points come second and third northeast comes fourth with 10 points goa has 9 points mumbai city has 7 points odisha has 6 points kerala has 6 points chennai and hyderabad have 5 and 4 each let's not talk about the bottom half of that table but it's gotten a lot more competitive on one end but mm-hmm. we've also seen so many draws there's been like a there've been stalemates all through the, every second game is like a two all one all draws have got a lot to do with uh, the league being competitive it's normally the other day we saw atk mumbai city where there was a goal in the 93rd minute mumbai city seemed to be going heading for three points and then uh, roy krishna stepped up and scored an equalizer in the last minute of sapex time 96 no that was 96th minute, minute yeah, yeah. similar so, to the chennai hyderabad yeah so it's it's been very competitive but i think uh, over the next uh, sort of fortnight we'll see the table taking shape because uh, bengaluru are probably starting to eat their stride right. and uh, they've got um, big matches coming up as well so i think in the over the next fortnight we'll see the table taking shape but uh, even for the teams ranked uh, 8th 9th and 10th these uh, the next two three games are going to be important because uh, as of now as you said uh, the top four teams are closely matched and uh, one or two wins for the teams in the bottom half can propel them into the top 4 but if 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 the results keep going i mean if the result, if there are going to be bad results for them maybe the top 4 of bengaluru atk jamshedpur and northeast will pull away right so it's interesting you should say that because um, i think one of the first things i wanted to start this pod with itself was to see that the biggest difference between those 15 days and these 15 days that we're discussing is that bengaluru seen like a change in fortune they started with these list of draws and they weren't finding the back of the net to they've had those goals chetri has been among the goals in the last couple of games and they've had three wins and one draw so that's been quite interesting for them but like you said suhit they're um, i mean 
ju- not just looking at the strikers, even clean sheets. If you have to look at it, they've kept five clean sheets this season, and Gurpreet's had a really yeah. good season. He's had a very good last game with those six saves. But his saves have come against Jamshedpur, Chennai, Blasters, Northeast, and Odisha. So we still have the likes of Mumbai City and ATK. I mean, Jamshedpur has got firepower, but you've got these. very fiery sort of strikers in these two sides which it'll be interesting to see how I think they with uh, bengaluru what you are seeing is uh, them being a team that has art to beat because they've had a four draws which is the joint most in the league so even when they are not playing well they are not losing matches right. top 5 teams look really strong this year like like they, they do seem like they are on equal footing uh, in terms of the firepower they have i think like UTK can easily uh, say that they have the best striking, striking duo, unit, absolutely better than Bangalore FC, I guess. And uh, jump. That's again because it's not just one person firing, right, Ashin? Be- Bangalore for the chances they create, they don't have the finishers in the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. UTK have does, the proven yeah. finishers. Udanta and Ashik, I just don't see him being a, a goal-scoring bigger. He looks very like out of place when he gets into the box. So. he will have a lot to do work on work on and quadra will have a chance full dealing with that right and atk again have proven uh, finishers jamshedpur has that northeast has triades and gyan uh, firing gyan has been really good in the support role in playing that second striker right. and also right playing as a primary striker when needed and goa need not say that it's, it's goa has but been goa is by, missing koro isn't goa it goa has been let down by poor poor like they have been very erratic so far the season it's very unlike their own form hasn't helped they have, they usually don't drop points at the fatorta but today this year this season they have uh, i think won only one of their uh, three home matches so mm-hmm. far so that has been a let down for them is there a player dependence there as well like see for jamshedpur and goa it's very easy to say that if there's if one striker is not there then it's very obvious it sort of shows but again we discussed this in the pod that uh, the match which karominas missed mm. Manveer Singh came in and he didn't have uh, as yeah, much of an impact. Was. And uh, Jamshedpur through Sergio Castell won that match, I, and uh, that's how uh, Jamshedpur uh, went above Goa. Yeah. First of all, Goa has only six foreigners this season. They cho- they chose not to fill their extra uh, vacancy. And if we're talking about Goa, we should also mention uh, their disciplinary record. Yeah, they got Yugo Bomo and Ahmed Jahu dismissed. Uh, and uh, you know that hasn't helped them in do- in that particular match against jamshedpur as well yeah. it doesn't make for great football either isn't it like, look look at mumbai city the way they've been I playing mean, and goa what 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 was a concern for me was a talented side like goa does not need to do need that need not do need not do that i mean their style of play is on the attractive in the league so a side like goa i mean if i can understand if uh, a team style of play is that getting physical and uh, you know being uh, erratic but fc goa i don't think need to indulge in that talking about goa and like you guys mentioned the number of strikers who have had to miss games because of the fact that they've been handed suspensions it's funny that you need to see things like this from a team like goa or for that matter even mumbai city fc versus atk the other day and like you mentioned dashin a while ago and before we started to sit down for this pod Why would you do that to a team like ATK that's known to go out there and play not rough but aggressively? They're very they're no, on it, the offensive it, all the I time. I mean, like, doesn't mean that like, you have to be coy. Like, they yeah. are taking the game to them, but, but like the, that. But the way they uh, went around doing it, 
they were lucky to have a full complement of players on the pitch and summer i remember summer was doing the podcast for yeah. that episode he was livid he's like there is a method of fouling <laughs> there's a way to do it right and it's like these guys didn't know how to do it right as well and they were just lucky that the referee let so many things go isn't it and i'm not surprised like uh, jorge costa is a center back and like you wouldn't i mean like i we can all, uh, always associate like you know both these center backs having that uh, style of coaching i mean like i to have fair, i've had a that, menacing man it, I, probably i'm <laughs> uh generalizing but like <laughs> it, i think there's a kind of stereotypes i don't think with uh, committing fouls it's team specific even the most beautiful of teams have those players yeah. who sort of you know Tactical get goals. physical get uh, ugly when they need to but uh, if you saw the goa jamshedpur match there were a lot of needless fouling yeah there was a an instance when uh, one of the players was looking to shield the ball out of play and uh, you know seriton fernandez i if i'm not wrong went in and uh, slide slid in from behind which was not needed but i think that is also to do with the somewhat lenient officiating mm-hmm. from uh, the some of the referees exactly. where they are not showing the cards that i mean they are not uh, charging the fouls that deserve to be shown a yellow card mm-hmm. i think that could make a difference but if you see like a player like ahmed zahu for fc goa is an enforcer he likes to impose himself so it's understandable that he goes for he, a strategy yeah, like that yeah hmm. fair enough so like you were mentioning that maybe you know the referees are going a little soft that's i think something we've been complaining about right from day 1 of the league there there have been very obvious going back to the draws there has been uh, one refereeing decision which uh, led to jamshedpur not getting the 3 points against uh, northeast North united East. Aniket Jamal should have won a penalty. penalty. Wayne Bass uh, committed that uh, foul inside the box. I think uh, Bengaluru also had one decision go against them against Hyderabad. So if Jamshedpur had scored, they would have been two nil, and that was right before uh, Triadis uh, put uh, yeah. scored the equaliser. Uh, speaking of the Bengaluru Hyderabad game, uh, did you guys see the spat between uh, Marcelino and Kordad on Twitter? Mm. You missed that? No, I missed that. Okay, I'll uh, summarize. Yes, get us up to speed. Uh, so last season, so uh, last season, the in the playoff match between Northeast and Bengaluru, uh, Federico Gallego of Northeast United uh, went into a challenge with Miku. Well, Miku was going for a shot, and this In the last match, uh, Marcelino, who is known for not not playing cleanly, when things don't go his way, like he plays very dirty, like he he can commit very silly uh, tackles, and he did that uh, when he went in with a high boot on uh, Rafael Augusto. He mm-hmm. could have been he's lucky that like you know he didn't break his leg. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Cuadrado put out a video uh, of that incident, saying like how is it not uh, seen by the referee and. Yeah. Uh, Marcelino shot back saying like you know this coming from a team uh, who also who did something similar and he took a video of Miku which clearly shows in the replay that like you know Miku has nothing to do with it he's a striker he's is obviously going to like you know try to shoot the ball and when he's trying to shoot the ball Galego gets in the way there's nothing That's you can not, do about yeah. it yeah <laughs> like you were pointing out Ash in a lot of these things would just be sorted out if you have good referees Yeah. And I think finally, after about what thirty, thirty-one games now, I think the ISL also has gotten <laughs> sick of it. 
because everybody is only talking about this more than like the quality of football per se and all that and they have approached the uh, AIFF to work on some sort of a solution to improve the refereeing standards for the game so i think you remember uh, most likely that AIFF will take, take the complaint back to ISL and like please on this sort yeah possible <laughs> because i mean let's see even the fact that they've approached somebody we don't have any clear sort of plan in place and i think we're 30 games down if you're not going to start doing something now when are you going to start figuring something out for for the playoffs you may have just robbed a team of its chances didn't the fans ask for var i mean fans have been fans, fans have been asking every time there is a wrong decision i think there in one of the matches uh, there was a chant going around no so you know not just like one match every match like when there is a bad decision the mostly kela blasters yeah. Ask for, ask for it. But to be fair, you remember when the I mean before the city Mumbai city thing came up, when there were like big announcement coming, and somebody had <laughs> shared on ISL, a couple of the fans were like, "Is it war? Is it yeah. war? Is it war?" And even uh, it was Talksport from UK. They had said that like you know VAR is coming Could to be. India. That was a big news. So, so you, you in the Premier League fans don't want uh, VAR, VAR, and here you are. But see, that's the thing, right? We our joy is getting sucked out without the VAR yeah. there. So it's, I mean, it's like yeah, the grass is greener on the other side, I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, so we've got like um, the AIFF has chosen to go with an all Indian refereeing um, contingent, yeah. isn't it? But Which, they have done. Uh, I'm sorry uh, to interject, but. uh i think it was last season or the season before where for the playoffs and the final they got international, international referees. referees yeah i don't know if that's the plan yeah. now but i mean it it's not fair because you can't just decide that the group stages don't deserve that standard of refereeing considering the kind of dis- stupid decisions yeah even somebody who doesn't know football will know that some of them are and decisions that managers made. actually saying the standard of officiating hasn't been good exactly and i mean one says it you can understand everybody says it you can't you can't dismiss it as as much as they have been isn't it I mean, like no, I don't think anyone is dismissing it. It's just like you just don't know where to go from. Like there's there is a dearth of referees in India because it's not a, a lucrative job, job yeah. in the country. So, but if that is your case, why don't you mix it up with people from outside in there? Ideally, you don't want these decisions to be happening in the business end of the season mm-hmm. when teams are fighting to get into the playoffs and they need. Three points. You don't want that match to be hampered by poor officiating, but yeah. I don't think that has happened so uh, yet. Wherein a uh, referee's decision has cost the team a match. I mean, of course, Jamshedpur yeah. dropped two points, but I don't think that's going to be decisive towards the them finishing in the playoffs. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So I think um, before we sort of move into the conclusion, I think one of the teams that we need to be discussing is also the fact that since we were talking about how these draws have worked for people on top of the table mm. we need to speak about one team that's around the latter half of the table which is kerala kerala has also had like a flurry of draws the last two games have seen them sort of come out and play some good aggressive football we've had messi and ogbeche sort of messi, messi <laughs> boli and ogbeche it's just become too much balande or i suppose mm. i don't know yeah so we've had messi boli and ogbeche sort of come together and have those really good plays in the box and everything What 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 can this man do? He just can't catch a break, can he? Even even um, in the Mumbai City versus Kerala match, they scored and then like a couple of minutes later, Mumbai took it away from them. Yeah, I, I, are we discussing this match? You can say it in one line. Yeah. What what maybe teams like this need to do? Yeah, but uh, this is something which we had discussed in the previous pods as well. Like you know, teams are susceptible to conceding uh, once they get the lead, which what which is what happened against Mumbai as well. 
Chennai has a do good distinction doing that. Chennai did that, and not just Chennai, like even uh, Mumbai did that against APK. Right. And that's what happened today. So with Mumbai City, what has happened is they haven't won since match day one, yeah. which was the opening the, the night of the Blasters. season. Yeah, yeah, Kerala Blasters. Yeah. Their first match. Kerala so which is what is happening with Mumbai City is uh, Kerala Blasters is they haven't won since the first night of the season, and this is their fourth draw. So they are one of those teams who are misfiring at either end. Yeah, and it's uh, so what? Uh, so I had discussed this with uh, Shivansh in the Mumbai versus Kerala pod where Chaturi before this match he said that uh, I'm not going to give excuses with my uh, complaints about uh, injuries, but that is a reality. And if people uh, can't accept that, then they don't understand football. So. He continues to say that, like you know, That's I know everything, which is not gonna sit well with people who are expecting uh, a lot from this club because you see the number of su- uh, support, the amount of support which they get both home and away. They would, they would uh, like to be spoken to in a way. I understand, <laughs> but I mean, to be, I mean, just to sort of play the devil's advocate here, Shatori cannot. catch a break when it comes to people telling him what to do in terms of what i mean that's again one of the mm. the one of the i mean the cons of being as transparent as you are on twitter especially he posted something about a death of a friend and there were people asking him who's going to mm. who's going to make it to your team and who, why aren't you playing this player there is a time and place for everything so i suppose if the fans can't show that to him he's not obligated to mm. show that kind of respect back i suppose i don't know he's he's, he's quite open about that two reason uh, <laughs> i mean i know we're not used to yeah you know coaches or it's it makes for good news <laughs> uh but a lot to t- where we can talk about it but at the end of the day it's not helping anyone it doesn't it? help his case yeah more than anyone yeah i so, think with the teams conceding so soon after they score it's to do with the celebrations as well if you saw the chennai and hyderabad match there was uh, shembri who scored took a shirt off ran yeah. to the crowd and then at the other end kilgalon scored immediately today again if you saw skatori is it, it was an animated celebration and it probably i mean the players also celebrated in an animated way yes. i mean it's not wrong how you celebrate yeah. but i think that takes the focus of what you need to do yeah because and probably that's contributing to you know considering so yeah. soon after where like the instance which you said right now mumbai scored the very next from the very next move yeah. so that makes all the more sense to as to what he was trying to say here lots of concentration because like you are all like you know going away in one place and then you have to come back and uh, and these two organized. matches that i mentioned uh, the first goal came uh, took a lot of time to arrive so it's probably a mm. huge relief, relief for the team that has scored who then think that probably the match job's is over yeah the job's done it's never really done till the full time whistle isn't it Right so that sort of brings us to the end of what we have to discuss for this fortnight so to sort of sum it up um i think the best question to wind this podcast down with would be the last time we sat down to discuss our title contenders starting out early thanks to a certain broadcaster the ISL uh we spoke about ATK Goa and Jamshedpur coming up as say your early contenders teams that looked good early on So, would you want to change that list? I mean, I, Suhit is new to this discussion. So, Suhit, who are your contenders? I as think Northeast and Jamshedpur are two teams that look good, apart from Bengaluru. Mm-hmm. Northeast, in particular, are a difficult team to beat. I mean, I think they have uh, recovered some three points from losing positions. So, 
think they are one of the tough teams to beat and uh, i see them going the distance no atk in your list atk not as of now not as of now all right and ashin what about you do you want to change that list uh probably as swap on goa for bengaluru is it because they've been erratic goa yeah uh probably, I, i could i still see them like you know making the climb up towards the table because they're a good quality team mm-hmm. but bengaluru being the force they are i still think that like you know they will bengaluru uh etk and jamshedpur are the teams which i see go at least finishing in the top 3 with bengaluru they are an established side and they have reinforced with rafael agasto and I don't think too many teams will upset them over a 18 match season I don't see too many teams troubling them and I think they are probably one of the teams who who are guaranteed to be in that playoffs yeah. unless something disastrous happens but this year it's all the more uh, it's not just the playoffs it's about finish, finishing first and Bengaluru is one team which will want to continue representing in the AFC Champions League yeah yeah so, it's that as well yeah, so yeah. they have that to play for Fair enough, and Bengaluru and Northeast from both of your lists, which I mean Northeast of course is his and Bengaluru from your list, uh, both of them have managed to remain unbeaten this season so far at least. They've had wins, they've had draws, but no losses. So that bodes well for these teams and their fans in terms of their title aspirations. So yeah, that sort of sums up what we have to discuss. Um, it's been an exciting 15 days of football on and off the pitch. I hope we don't get any more shocks in the middle of the night or early in the morning going into this tournament anymore. but um, if there is something that we've not managed to discuss in this podcast that you guys think we need to be talking about in the upcoming episodes please let us know in the comment section or find us on social media and let us know um there's one more thing that i need to tell you about i mean in the couple of performances that we've seen and i said this in one of our podcasts before as well we've had um representations from people in the indian football team and particularly gurpreet singh sandhu who's had a very good say last couple of matches So in case you didn't know Gurpreet Singh Sandhu has been nominated for sports person of the year in the Sports Star Aces Awards and if you don't know what the Aces Awards are they are our annual awards where we honor the best in sport across different disciplines so if you're a fan of Gurpreet or if you watched Indian football and feel he deserves to win if you're a fan of Indian football and feel Bengaluru deserves to win team of the year then please make sure you go over to our website and cast your vote for your favorite player and team we also have categories across a number of other sports so if football is not exactly what you're going in there for there's a number of other things you can vote for as well so make sure you go over there and cast your vote make it matter so that's all we have for this episode until our next fortnightly review and actually until the next game where we will be back with our shorter reviews much much shorter reviews it's goodbye and good night from ashin suit and milavan